Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Crimeland. This week, I am joined by none other than the hilarious and, dare I say, influencer. That is the lovely... Shane Daniel Byrne. Yay! <laughs> and we will be discussing the death of Lauren Adji. so much for joining me Shane you are I've been a long-term fan of Shane I really have to say this I liked you long before you were cool like just to say that much I have been a long-term fan I am an OG of Shane Daniel Byrne and the the only thing I take from that is that you said I was cool that's the only words I heard there you were so cool well you've hit the big time this week you probably know Shane from his hilarious Instagram videos of course if you don't you need to check him out immediately We'll be giving the Instagram handle a shout at the at the end. But just to say it is, it's Shane Dan Byrne or Shane Daniel Byrne? Shane Dan Byrne on Instagram. Yeah, BYORNE. Not on like Instagram. The Irish Keeping burn. it. Keep. Get a keep the old Irish Byrne. BYORNE, of course, is how we spell it over here. Um, for any of our American listeners tuning in. And Shane has gone pretty viral this week with his hilarious caricatures, which, as we were saying before we started recording, what I was saying have just been so on the pulse, Shane. Honestly, you have captured a mood. Yeah, it's nice to try and do topical comedy or whatever, or topical videos, but then it also sometimes makes you panic because you think every news story that happens, it's like, do I have to to make a video about about this now? But it could be nothing, you know, just normal. I know. You're kind of, yeah, that's it, that you're pouring over the journal every day thinking, what is the next video going to be? Yeah, but then sometimes you just have to follow your heart. You know, that's what the people want. Honestly, well, Shannon, I look, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say this because obviously, you know, I'm sure you're going to, you're going to, you're going to go one better the next time. But I just don't know, will Shannon ever be topped? I really don't. But I have confidence if anyone can do it, you can. 
That is the fear. You're only as good as the last one. And my last one was my best received, like the most well received thing I've ever done in my life, maybe. So, you know, it is stressful to try and think of a new one. But I don't know, you just have to not panic. Like everyone thinks you no. want to be real, you want Instagram, you're like, oh, I want more followers. And then as I was watching my followers come in, I was like, said to my boyfriend, I was like, but for what? What? A, so uh, what oh, that's five thousand. Come on. It, no, I swear you do because you're kind of like, well, what's this got to do with anything? Because like you're in the middle of the the world is in the massive, the biggest event of your generation, and you know you're working and everyone's miserable and depressed. And you're like, oh, great, well I've got I've got another another five hundred. Have joined my list to, to look at me do jokes about like the sink, kitchen sink or whatever. Like it's bizarre. <sighs> I love your kitchen sink material. And also, I mean, I haven't experienced it, but I imagine it's the biggest adrenaline rush ever. Um, yeah, but panic. So you're, 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 there is panic. I know. It's very I know. exciting. I... Then you go, no, what am I doing? What have I done? And, I'm gonna and be then canceled. I know. And I didn't even mean. do anything to anybody, but I'm sure I'm going to be cancelled. I'm sure at some point. But I definitely didn't even and, do anything. Oh, well, listen, I feel, I feel like I need to get you trending on Twitter already. You've done a little too well in too short a space of time. Um, so we've got to get you cancelled and trending on Twitter, Shane. That's the next thing. Great, let's but do I it. know what you, I, kn- I know what you mean. That like then in the scheme of things, you're like you do get a bit ex- existential, philosophical about it all. Like what's it all about? Once once you hit that goal, but that's the same with anything. You think I'll be happy if I hit ten k, but it's not. It's not just about the ten k, Shane. Even though that blue tick is pretty nice, I imagine. Well, it's not the ten k doesn't get you a blue tick. I don't know how you get a blue tick. It has to be really important. No, you have to be really important. But what but I can do now, this is up. this is the yeah, the swipe up. That's what I mean. Oh, I wow. haven't even swipe up yet. Like loads of my friends or whatever, or even the people who followed me were all messaging me, going, "Oh, you can swipe up," and I was like, "But swipe up to where?" Like. Here's my Twitter, same jokes. Like, I don't know, I've not to swipe up two yet. But what I have been doing is I do joke ones. So, you know, on Instagram, you can make a close friends. So every oh, now yes. and then I'll change, I'll change who's in the close friends uh, and oh. select a joke that would be funny to them. And I put that in a swipe up just for them. So I've done it. I've done a few swipe oh. ups, but nothing for the, for the wider public yet. But that is, it's so stupid. But like, that is, feels like an accomplishment <laughs> like I can you know swipe what? I think you should start a Patreon where you have that swipe up for just close friends Patreon supporters honestly I think you get such a good response to that because people love your stuff well that sounds like what a lot of what a lot of um trendy homosexuals do is they <laughs> make a close friends list and they put up raunchy pictures in it that's what oh yeah, thirst pics, that's what the young people call them. Well, so they put up maybe oh, them, a bit of their bum, or maybe like them out of the shower covering themselves with just the towel, that kind of thing. That's oh, nice, okay. So it's a kind, is it a bit of an OnlyFans vibe then? Is that what a thirst pick is? Well, I think OnlyFans is straight up selling your nudes. Um, okay, so that, yeah. That's, I mean, that's if I had a body that before. was desirable, sorry? That's what got me into trouble before. I thought like OnlyFans was just a bit of spoken word. Little did I know they were just there for my notes. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. That wouldn't have gone down well with an audience now. But no, you can do the OnlyFans. But the close friends, I think, is like just it's Instagram is now a dating app. So you can basically wow. just like put the vibes out there. Because if somebody put you in their close friends and then started, you know, you saw some some risque pics, you'd be like, okay, this person's into me because he wants me to see That they pics. want me to, oh yeah, they want me to see them. So like, you know then if you're someone's close friend, do you? Yes. 
Oh yeah, How because you know when their when their stories come up and um, they have a yeah. green circle around them. <gasps> that's just for close friends. Yeah. Wow. Oh my god. Do you know what? Every day with you, Shane, is a school day. I'll say that much. Thirst picks, green circles. I won't be able to sleep tonight. I'm going to be so buzzing after this conversation. It's best not. Yeah, we shouldn't have done it in the evening. It's best not to dwell on these things at night, yeah. Green circles. Oh, you know I'm going to go trawling through until I find a green circle. Like, honestly. Oh, you'll know. You'll have known already if somebody put you in their close friends. You'd know because they'd pop up things. People do it as well for nice, wholesome reasons. Like, they don't want to put their kids up, so they put their kids up on close friends only or whatever. So there is nice friends. Yes. Oh, okay. So it's not all thirst picks. Or... Um, it's also used, as we know um, very well, it's also used in uh, crime scene investigations. So, hello, Colleen Rooney used <gasps> it to her benefit in that instance. It was all about the close friends. I mean, that was just like chef's kiss level. And it was so beautiful. Just for anybody listening, we're, we're uh, talking now in the middle of the second lockdown. And I think that when that Rebecca Vardy thing was maybe the last time collectively everybody felt real joy, you know, in the oh last year. Oh my God, how beautiful was it, honestly. And every now and again, somebody puts up in the comments section on the Daily Mail, yeah, but, you know, uh, she was heavily pregnant. I don't agree with what Colleen did. She could have messaged her privately. I'm like, sorry, but where would the fun in that have been? It was stunning. And it, in the in the age of Kim Kardashian and the influencers, Colleen, brought back I was gonna say Colleen Nolan what's her name Colleen Rooney she brought back wags right to the front they're the original you know girls about town of the pap generation and they she just brought them back she's like wags are back and they're better than ever and it was amazing you you know what though there has been a conspiracy theory thrown around that apparently Jamie Vardy her hubby was the one selling the stories on Colleen okay that's juice yeah yeah, I've I don't heard know that much about Mr. Party. I don't know anything about any of these people, but I'm addicted. I'm hooked. Yeah, like I'll read. It. I if don't know. know. Yeah. I'd read about it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not into any kind of team sports. I mean, if you ask me to name Man United, I'm so like in the of the nineties when all those red jerseys just yeah, seem to be yeah. hanging from people's walls. I'd be like Ryan Giggs, David Beckham. I just, I just, I just don't know soccer, but I have heard that. But either way, it's just, it was just a beautiful moment. And I think you're right. It was probably the last time that the world did come together and feel real joy. Mm. On that note, it'd be nice to, (laughs) we're starting on a high. Okay, so let me tell you about this one. So this is, um, I'm going to jump right into Shane. So this is The Death of Lauren Adji. So I'm going to discuss this one. It's relatively recent um, in terms of different updates, etc. I don't know, have you heard of this one, The Death of Lauren Adji? I don't think so. Okay, so let me tell you about it, Shane. And obviously, feel free to jump in whenever you want with questions, questions, etc. And I will try my best to answer them. So, in July 2015, Lauren Adji was an extremely popular, outgoing 21-year-old living in Hendersonville, Tennessee. She was a dancer, a sportswoman, and an academic, but dancing was her real passion. She was a stunning-looking young woman and was a happy, extroverted girl who was in a steady relationship and studying criminal science in college. 
Lauren was living at home and enjoyed a very close relationship with her mother, Sherry. Now, would you have said, like, would you have been a popular youngster? Um, in certain circles. Secondary school, popular. college? Not in secondary school. I had a small group there. But I don't sound like I was as busy as this person. So maybe that's why. <laughs> She has a lot of hobbies. I, I have to say secondary school, I like to think I've just erased that from my um, memory forever. I really didn't like secondary school. I did find a few lovely peeps in college, though. So she was somebody as well who, you know, was obviously getting on very well in college, had a lot of hobbies, um, a lot of extracurricular going on. The dancing, would you be into the dancing? No, but you know what I wish? I always wish that I was like a proper dancer. Like, I love it. I love going to see even contemporary dance. I love it. With all, love, like, the sharp elbows and the box, yeah, and you know, that have, kind of box. Yeah. With beautiful giant bums, and they just can move really beautifully, make you feel emotions by just dancing. It's amazing. I, I would love I, to do it. I, I, I would love to be a better dancer. It's something, I remember a friend of mine who was a very good dancer in college, I asked her to show me how to dance, and I just remember being in somewhere like, what is, what was it, was it the red box or something what was the name of that place that is it's net it was a fire station but then it became a club was that red box? i never went to red box but i that was, was like red a box? you're a couple of years ahead of me so but there used to be a <gasps> junior red box that people used to go to that i never went to shane i'm sorry but the internet is just caught out there so you're gone no. how dare you point to my elder status but you're right but i do remember being in the red box asking a friend to teach me how to dance and i just remember her her saying to me try to move your feet and i was like oh that's where i've been going wrong i've only been u- moving my arms all this time um so that's the top tip guys so yeah lauren was a bit of an all-rounder living at home, in college, all going well. And she arrives home one weekend and tells her mother, Sherry, that she's going to this festival called Wake Fest. Now, this is like a three-day wakeboarding festival, which takes place at Centre Hill Lake, two hours outside of Nashville. So basically, at this festival, you go to cheer on these pro wakeboarders. Who knew you could be a professional wakeboarder, Shane? This is news to me. And that um, there could be an th- entire three-day festival de- festival dedicated to wakeboarding. I know. I mean, I do have to say, back in my single days, you know, if I happened upon a young man on Tinder, Bumble, whatever it might be, might be, and he told me he was a professional wakeboarder, I mean, I'd have my doubts. I'd probably still pursue it, knowing my history, but I would definitely be the one getting the mortgage, I would imagine, in that relationship. Yeah, I would imagine so, yeah. And it's very hard for, for a woman to get a mortgage, I understand. I mean, it's really hard for women out there, Shane. I don't know if you've gotten the memo. Um, It's very tough on us. But yes, okay, uh, I'm, wakeboarders get in touch because I'm sure somebody will. But look, that would just be my thinking on it. But yeah, so who knew Wakefest, three days apparently wakeboarding, it's that big in Tennessee that people would want to go and do this. And basically you kind of go cheer the guys on and the gals during the day and then you party during the night and you sleep on houseboats on a lake. So that sounds kind of nice. I like the bit about sleeping on a houseboat on a lake. That sounds fun. Yeah, it would rock you to sleep nicely. Wouldn't it? Yeah, be, you know, now after a few drinks, I don't know how it would go down, but 
it sounds, yeah, it does sound relaxing. So she tells her mother, Sherry, that she's going with this girl called Hannah Palmer. And her mother is not too impressed with this as Hannah is, you know, one of those fair weather friends. So basically Sherry felt that she only ever hung out with Lauren when she was kind of like in between boyfriends. So she just wasn't that, I suppose, reliable a friend. Yeah, we all have them. They lurk around. Well, uh, do you know what? If I'm that's honest, the these are very young them. people, aren't they? Twenty-one, yes. Yeah, so yeah, see, young. that's the kind of thing that you learn to get rid of that stuff, and you just don't. Yeah, do it. I mean, you know, you have your ride or dies, don't you? And like, then you have the fair weather friends. So I will say, I do think though, when you are, especially when you're young, I think you feel everything that bit more. And I know when I was that age, like relationships were really intense and they were so all-consuming that I probably did kind of forget about my friends a little bit um so you know that's it like I mean I suppose when people are young that you know people are like that but um so basically Hannah was this kind of fair with a friend who kind of breezed in and out of Lauren's life but at the same time Sherry's like look you're 21 years of age I can't really stop you asks Lauren where she'll be staying at this festival and Lauren says they'll be staying in cabins at the lake so she's like grand go off have a good time so the girls head off on the Saturday and they document their trip all the way on social media on Instagram so they're putting up videos they're having sing songs in the car and by all accounts they're having a great time and super excited about the festival now this girl called Cassie Bank Franks bumps into Lauren down at the docks of this festival. So we're at the lake, it's Centre Hill Lake in uh, in Tennessee. And this girl called Cassie bumps into Lauren and she commented on the fact that like, yeah, like Lauren definitely had been drinking, but like it was a festival, you know, it was clear that she was in high spirits and she seemed to be having a really good time. Mm-hmm. Later on that day, Hannah and Lauren hook up with, um, so they meet up with Hannah's new boyfriend. She's a guy called Aaron Lilly. And his mate, Christopher Stout. So the guys had spent the day wakeboarding on the lake. And then as a group, as a foursome, they all spent the latter part of the day. Now, how, I mean, I'm just, I'm just speaking now. um, I'm just speaking on my own experience here. I cannot imagine anything worse than this. They spent the latter part of the day doing something called cliff jumping. Oh, yeah. people think, no, jumping from very high into the water. Yeah, I mean, as you know, does exactly what it says in the tin. Cliff jumping, as you would imagine, involves jumping off cliffs into water. Exactly that. So, I mean, no, not for me. Like, I would definitely. I, I wouldn't just... have be able to do that anymore. I think maybe a long time ago, I would have the courage to get myself to do it. But I think now I would just. I'm just like, I'm not, I would not do it. No, I mean, absolutely not. So look, this is what they were at, which obviously, you know, involves throwing yourself into water. Now, this was particularly dangerous at this lake because it was actually very rocky under the surface of the water. So you really were taking your life into your hands by doing it because you, you couldn't see these rocks. They were hidden. Um, so that said, Cassie, Lauren, Aaron and Chris did partake in it. And poor old Lauren actually ended up pinning her head in the process of jumping off the cliff into the water. It is Despite, a complete nightmare. Yeah. It's like that is, I always think about that. It makes my stomach sick when you think of people who happens to in pools as well, in swimming pools. Oh my 
Because I freak out when I see people jumping into any kind of water because, you know, you hear the horror stories about people jumping jumping into water that's too shallow. And that's just like my ultimate fear is hitting your head or something. There's a place in Waterford where they do it um, near Tremor. It's Guillemain, I think it's called. And it's like one of those built into the rock swimming spots. And I was there at the height of the summer and people just like, it's so high. They just climb big rocks. So actually you could fall in the climb up to it. You (gasps) could fall. They climb on bare rock. And we were there in the summer and we waited for, I'd say, 10 minutes for this man to pluck up the courage to do it. And that was fine. But it gave me my ultimate least favorite phrase of 2020, which his child was on the other side with us. And he was screaming, you got this, dad. You got this. You got this. Over and over and over. And I can't bear that expression. You got this. Everyone, anyone listening, drop it from your lexicon. It's got to go. It's, got it's so American, isn't it? You got this, yeah. Dad. And we should resist. Got what? What do you mean he has it? What is it? And oh how did God. he get it? Right? I don't know. I'm not into it. Anyway, but he did jump and he was fine. So that is just. Jo- it did look you great. I'm sure. Look, let's face it. He just did it for the gram. I'm sure, but I, mm. too much for me. I'm really. I'm not into jumping into water. What I like is I like a ladder. And I like to just gently lower myself at a very civilized pace into the water, usually stopping along the way, saying multiple times, oh, it's a bit cold, isn't it? And everyone's like, yeah, Julie, it's fucking Ireland. Yeah, thank you for your keen observation. I just, I'm not into, I'm not into the drama of jumping in. But apparently it's a thing and they like to do it in Tennessee. So sure. Cassie who is the girl who had met this group earlier on. So she meets the group again later on. And she said that Lauren, even though she'd hit her head, appeared to be fine. Cassie herself was actually an ex-girlfriend of this Aaron Lilly guy. So the guy that was now going out with Hannah. So she had known him pretty well previous to this festival. She commented on the fact that for her, it was really clear that Lauren had no interest in his mate, Christopher Stout, but was just hanging out with him as kind of Hannah's wing woman. So Hannah was with her fella, Aaron, and Lauren by just, I mean, it was just the way the cookie crumbled that she kind of got stuck with this guy, Chris, just hanging out with him because the other two were basically shifting the face off each other all day. We've all been there. Yeah, we've all had that happen, yeah. Yeah, and you're making chit-chat, and then they try to lob the gob at midnight, and you're like, I just want to be friends. Sorry, thank you. So at about 2 a.m., Aaron, Chris, Hannah, and Lauren head to bed, but instead of sleeping in a houseboat or in a cabin, as she had been led to believe, Lauren learns that she has to sleep on the side of a cliff. So this campsite, when I say the side of a cliff, it's like literally on a cliff. 90 feet above the lake there's this so there's it's 90 feet above the lake on one side and on the other side there's this 45 foot drop down to the water on the other so it's really high up and it's very precarious so where you slept was actually in a hammock and it was this hammock called an emu which was essentially a hammock which was like hung between two trees so this cliffside campsite was really dangerous because you're hanging between trees and essentially there's like you know okay you are kind of above the ground but the water is just on the other side of you so it's just a straight drop down onto the lake so it's really not for the faint-hearted and it's definitely not something you want to be doing or a place you want to be exploring in the wee hours when you have a few beverages on board 
Yeah, but you'd love it if you were young. You'd love that. Uh, so you cool. would, wouldn't you? Yeah. Like, right. as in sleeping in a hammock above a lake. Yeah, it does sound, it's so it beautiful. Does sound pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I guess, you know, with festivals as well, like I really, really miss the festivals. That's one thing I really miss from this whole lockdown thing. And you do, you know, the momentum is the momentum is there and you kind of do mad things and it's all like carpe diem. And that that's the kind of vibe, isn't it, at a festival? Yeah, I, I have missed them so much. Like I would love it. <sighs> I think everybody who likes festivals really needs one, has noticed the gap. Oh, do you know what? I'm never again going to take a festival for granted. I'm going to take like the glittery makeup for granted. Honestly, I just, I once this pandemic is over, I'm just going to go to every festival. She says, having given birth to a newborn child. So I don't know what I'm going to do with the baby, but I'm going to go to all of them. So they get to this cliffside campsite. To get there, first of all, you have to actually canoe from the main area to the cliffs on the other side and then you used a rope to get up to the cliff top campsite so it's essentially like climbing this really really steep steep cliff to get up there and you have this little rope to kind of you know I suppose you know help you find your way and they're all sitting around having the drinks and doing the shy talk and then at about 3 a.m Christopher and Lauren bunk down together in a hammock while Hannah and Aaron go to the last empty tent so Hannah and Aaron are like we're gonna go into the tent and poor Lauren is stuck with Christopher and she's like okay well I guess we're sleeping in this hammock together awful yeah, I mean, again, we've all been there, but it's just a bit shit, uh, you know. I mean, Hannah, you could have let her have the tent, to be fair. So at daybreak on the Sunday morning, the gang wake up and Lauren is nowhere to be found. Her friends say that when they woke up, Lauren's shoes, cell phone, were all uh, her wallet, all her stuff were under the hammock at the edge of this cliff. Now, there are only two ways off this clifftop campsite. One is by this like rope bridge thingy, which is extremely treacherous and steep. Or the other way is by throwing yourself off the cliff into the water. In other words, this is a pretty inaccessible place and it's really hard to get on or off this campsite. What is really strange about this is that friend's response. So instead of reporting her missing, they presume she's gone back to the bar drinking and proceed to carry on with their day as normal, drinking and just having a good time. Oh Two God. hours away. It's like a nightmare. Yeah. It's really nightmare stuff. Yeah. And you know what? Oh God. It, it's just it's just not what you do when you're with your mates at you know at a festival. You do just have to kind of keep an eye on one another, really. It's the golden rule of festivals. Yeah, you're in it together. You're in it together, yeah. So two hours away in Nashville, Lauren's mom, Sherry, is starting to panic. She's trying to call her daughter but can't reach her and she's a really bad feeling about it all. It turns out her instinct instinct is sadly correct as tragically that later that day, two fishermen uncover Lauren's body in a cove. So a security guy, this guy called uh, he, Officer Chris Yarchuk, he was a former police officer. He's alerted by this couple, Deanna and Harry Elder are their names. 
who so the this couple they work out at the marina and they've been at this cove and they had spotted a body in the water the security guard Yarchuk makes his way out there but before he gets to the body something really strange happens so he's going out as the security guard at this festival to check it check out the ch- check out what the story of this body is and at that moment Aaron Lilly comes up in his canoe and says to the says to this guy Harry who had stumbled upon this body that that could be one of our friends over there. Now Harry and Tiana find this a little odd as only they and Officer Yarchuk are aware that a body has been found. The cove is located kind of behind the campsite and in the opposite direction of the festival. So the couple find it strange that Aaron happens upon this discovery at the exact same time as they do. That being said, they also consider, look, perhaps this guy is searching for his friend, so they don't think much of it at the time. Yarchuk makes a mental note of what he notices, what he notices straight away, as he's being very open-minded to the fact that this could easily be a potential crime scene. I suppose because he's a former cop, he's kind of thinking yeah, in yeah. that way. So he looks at poor Lauren's body and he notices that there's some kind of trauma to on her body so her shoulder blades and chest area have like kind of bloodied marks and he also sees what he thinks could be a bite mark on her chest but he can't be 100% sure but from where he's looking in the boat he obviously doesn't want to disturb the body that's that's what he's thinking so later that night sherry gets the call that she had been dreading and of course is absolutely devastated and determined to find out what happened Meanwhile, at DeKalb Police Station, DeKalb being the jurisdiction of the festival, the three friends, Hannah, Aaron and Chris, are all being questioned, but the police are pretty sure that nothing untoward has happened. The medical examiner rules her death. Very quickly, he makes this ruling that her death was an accident. They don't swab her body for any DNA, nor do they conduct a rape kit on her body. So they just decide she fell. Yeah, they just, they all, it's so bizarre. They automatically just assume she obviously fell because this campsite is high up on a cliff. She was found in the water, therefore she fell. Officer Yarchuk, however, was not happy with this result. So he noted that drowned people, when they drown, they sink. But when he happened upon Lauren's body, she'd actually been floating. The medical examination also noted that there was no water in her lungs. So she never breathed in the water. Yeah, and you see, I'm really bad. Well, you see, you're so clever, you cop that straight away. I'm really bad at all this stuff. So I was like, oh, I don't really get it. But yeah, I mean, if if you drowned, you would have water in your lungs for sure. That's what happens. I, I'm a, a former lifeguard, you know. I never was actually <gasps> working as a lifeguard. I was a qualified lifeguard and for a bizarre time I taught people how to be lifeguards and I was only like 16 doing this no Um, yeah and I you know what I often wonder very arrogantly or selfishly I'm like all those people I taught CPR to I wonder if any of them ever done CPR and saved somebody else's life I often wonder about all my students you know that's so funny because by extension you have saved that person's life and you weren't even there Probably I'd say I'd save 60 lives, 
you know, in the past 15 years, I'd say. That is gas. But, um, and you, yeah, but you breathe the water. If you drown, you breathe in the water. And that's what, that's asphyxi- you asphyxiate. Drowning is asphyxiating. Oh, no that makes so in. much. So you, you breathe it because your body I've, can't stop trying to breathe. So you breathe in water into your yes. actual lungs. So oh, my God. Yeah. I've just had a ding, ding moment. That makes so much sense now. Yeah, I don't know what we always think drowning is. You know, when you, we we've obviously remember Baywatch was on and we were kids, Baywatch was on. So drowning I was, was gonna, like always present yeah. every Saturday. There was somebody who was drowning or near drowning. But you never think of it as it's how horrific. It's like choking. It's like asphyxiating oh to death. Oh my God, like, isn't no, that just that the worst? Oh my God, I can't even imagine it. That's just horrendous. On a side note, you know who is also a former lifeguard, by the way? Who is it? Fred. Father of my child, baby daddy, is a former lifeguard. Oh, will he be trained? And that's very good to have that trained uh, lifeguard around the house. Well, he does. Yeah. And this is not a joke. He did say when I was considering a water birth, in all sincerity, he said, I think that'd be a really good idea because I am a trained lifeguard. I was (laughs) like, I have no idea where your logic is with that. But I think we'll have a land birth now. Yeah, it's good that he was getting involved pitching in, you know. That's what he had to yeah, offer in that situation, yeah. And I, I think because people imagine water births, it's going to be lovely and it's going to be like a bath. But like, sure, it's, hello, the water is just full of shit, like literal shit. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we digress, we digress. I have That's one more so lifeguard thing. I think that also um, a foil or an arms or a hog, one of them was a lifeguard. Really? No. I think I heard that from someone. But I don't Why know. Why are so many former lifeguards doing comedy? Well, I never practiced, you know. I was more theoretical lifeguard. Listener, get in touch. Why are so many former lifeguards, theoretical or no, doing comedy? That is so strange. I need to investigate the file arms and hog as well. Can we just say, are they the nicest guys ever? Or are they the nicest guys ever? They, they genuinely are. Like so you think sweet. they're the biggest act in Edinburgh, or whatever, and you think like they might be a bit, um, not rude, but a bit odd. But actually, they're just really nice, and they're so, I like they're so humble with it. Like you would think out of the three, okay, one would be a prick. Like surely that's just the law of averages. But no, they're just three really nice guys. One of them, this man, was my French teacher in school as well. So I mean, it's, no, it's, yeah, what a wonderful turn. Was of she events. nice? Yeah. She was nice and she was very good at teaching French and I was very good at French and she would, when, you know, when you practice for the oral exam and you learn off all this stuff the night and then the next day she'd, you'd, she'd test you and I would be able to read it on the way to class and remember it. I was just good at it and she'd always know. She somehow was that good a teacher that she knew that I didn't do it, that I didn't study, that I just fluked it somehow and she hit me with the pages and she said, paresse, paresse, which is lazy, lazy. Wow. Right. Yeah. But does it matter if you're lazy if you can just remember it? Well, you'll have to speak to her about that. I'm not sure. I, do you know what I did love? I did love a bit of French in school, I have to say as well. I just, I, I do love French. I think it's a lovely language. France, get in touch. <laughs> yeah. For, for, le, le con spawn. As you know, Crimeland is part of the podcast network, and that is Headstuff, which has a plethora of fantastic podcasts to choose from. Every week, we're going to be recommending one podcast that you might like to check out. This week, it's Behavioural Vaccine. 
Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Porik, and we host the Behavioural Vaccine Podcast. We're behavioural scientists who met through improv comedy. And so each week, we bring the two things together to explore how behavioural science can be applied, but in a fun way. There's a little bit of research. There's a good bit of messing. And there's loads of practical tips on everything from how to save money to how to maintain your friendships. Think about this like a behavioural vaccine to get you through winter 2020. Go on, sure, give us a listen. Um, yeah, thank you so much for illuminating the whole uh, illuminating me with the whole drowning thing. I'd never thought of that before, but that makes total sense. So they did rule straight away accident, which okay, a little bit weird. And given that a lot of the evidence wouldn't point in that direction, weirder still. And Officer Yarchuk had also noticed a strange imprint, like a triangular shape, on poor Lauren's chest. So Sherry, her mother claims that neither Aaron nor Hannah nor Chris had grieved for her daughter in in any way, but instead continued to party at this festival all day Sunday. With Chris, now this is so weird. Are you ready for this, Shane? This is just so Hold on, did they stay at the festival and they knew she died? So this is it. So at this point, she has, so they, so they knew she was dead, had made that discovery and continued to party at the festival. So they spoke to the police, came back, did the whole festival thing and headed away on the Monday. Oh my God, that's really Really weird. And weirder still, wait till you hear this. Chris put up a picture on Instagram on the Monday with the caption, are you ready for this? Hit Best me. weekend ever. Oh my God. How fucked up is that? Like we, we all see things that are weird on social media, but like, oh my God. Honestly, like I know people sometimes pretend on social media that everything is okay when it's not. But I mean, that's just so fucked up, honestly. Like really, really bizarre. So Lawrence, they, they have to put everything I mean, up. Oh God, it's terrible. He it's has to desperate. post. He has. I uh, know that the story may continue. I don't know yet, but like he just had to. He had to post. He couldn't not. But imagine like zero empathy that you put up best weekend ever. Like you could have said, you know, uh, I mean, I, I actually was gonna somehow make excuses for him there, but no, like it's just somebody in your. So you have basically been at this festival as a group before. One is dead and you put up best weekend ever. Like really, really bizarre. So Lauren's funeral took place chilling. Her funeral took place a few days later. Neither Hannah nor Aaron nor Chris attended. The elders who were this couple who had happened upon Lauren's body, they were really perturbed by it all. And they commented on the fact that when the three kind of had gathered around this cove area upon the discovery of Lauren's body, um, their only concern seemed to be that they would be able to go home and that their stories kept changing. With Hannah, who of course had been Lauren's mate, she had told this couple that she had seen Lauren leave on a boat with a random guy, that she had left the camps, the, the cliffside campsite um, on this boat with a random guy. So the three were definitely behaving badly because they went, you know, back to party after being questioned by police. But police still insisted that they had nothing to do with Lauren's death and that her passing, they were absolutely adamant, had been merely a tragic accident. Officer Yerchuk, however, had different ideas. He believed the fact that 
Lauren's body had been found in a cove behind where the festival happened, that this was extremely suspicious. He'd even gone off to record. So the other three that were still at the campsite later that day, he went to the campsite to ask them what they thought happened. And he actually recorded the conversations because he was just really suspicious of these guys. And Aaron told him that he believed Lauren had gone off in the middle of the night to meet an ex-boyfriend slipping into the water on the way. He also recorded a conversation with Hannah, who had previously told the couple down by the cove that she believed Lauren had left with the man in a boat. But this time she told Yarchuk, I think she probably, quote, I think she probably got up to pee, but she left her shoes, her keys, her wallet, her phone. She would not have left without that stuff. By Hannah's account, Lauren fell on the way to the bathroom, which is something that Yarchuk doubts given the nature of the terrain and the location of the bathroom in relation to the campsite and the water. Officer Yarchuk kept returning to the imprint, so this imprint that was kind of in poor Lauren's chest, eventually deciding that the imprint was probably made by like the bow of a canoe. So he believes from the indentation that Lauren was probably placed in the canoe stomach down and this is what caused the marks on her body. Because he's not an active police officer, he's no real investigative power, but he advised Sherry Lauren's mother to look at Aaron Hannah and Chris more closely. Sure enough, it turned out that Chris, the guy Lauren had been forced to share a hammock with, was a bit of a dodgy guy. He had, had been arrested numerous times for DUIs and had a really extensive rap sheet of petty crimes. So this guy had a very checkered past and basically was just kind of not... I wouldn't say not a good da- guy, but had definitely done like a lot of th- a lot of bad things and had been up in court on numerous occasions. And so it was a bit of a dodgy one. And Aaron Lilly also had a history of DUIs and domestic abuse. Okay, I mean it's it's textbook. It's right there. Yeah, it's I mean, it's, it's not looking good. And then I think what compounded that as well, obviously, poor Sherry, because you hear your daughter's going to a festival and you're a bit like, oh, I don't know. And then you find out that the last people she has been seen with are these kind of people. And you're like, oh, no. And then Cassie Franks. So she had been the kind of friendly acquaintance that had bumped into them at the festival. She had actually been herself battered by Aaron Lilly and she offered pictures of her abuse. This is really weird to the decap sheriff's office, office, but they refused to look at the prick pictures, insisting that Lauren's death had just been a tragic accident. So she was saying, look, I really think you need to look at these guys again, because this is what one of them did to me. And still the police are like, no, it was definitely an accident. The cops in America is so weird, isn't it? I mean, I know that we don't have a dreamy situation here either, but like it's, you hear so many of these stories where they're just belligerent. And Isn't it? Yeah. What they're doing. I'm not changing. I said this and that's it. That's the end. You're right. Do you know what? You're right. That is in it's like that they are they are belligerent, that they just can't admit that, okay, maybe we got it wrong and we should look at this again. But they didn't do anything. It feels like they did nothing. No. They did they said straight away accident and even though so much evidence pointed to something else, they were like, No. 
So the official report says that Lauren had died from blunt force trauma when her body hit the water from a 90-foot drop. But Sherry, her mother, keeps returning to the fact that there was no water in her lungs, which would appear to negate drowning as a possible cause of death. So Lauren's family hired a private investigator, Sheila Wasaki, to look at the facts again. Wasaki says she does not oh, believe this is an accident, you. but rather that she was dead before being placed in the water. She insists that if she had fallen into the water, first of all, her injuries would have been markedly different. So the injuries as it stood, she felt, were were more consistent with the fall of a lesser, lesser nature. She also pointed out that if Lauren had not been wearing her shoes had not been wearing her shoes and had fallen, surely her feet would be more damaged. But again, on examination of the body, the coroner had not found any damage or marks whatsoever to the bottom of her feet. So you know if you're barefoot and you're like on this kind of rugged cliffside terrain, like you would have a mark or something. But her feet, there was actually a photograph that I saw and her feet like look completely grand. They're not even dirty. So, Lauren's family hire a private investigator called Sheila Wasaki to look at the facts again. Wasaki says she doesn't believe this was an accident, but that poor Lauren had actually been dead before she was placed in the water. So, first of all, she says that if she had been barefoot, there would be some marks on her feet or something to that effect. But having seen, like, the photos even of, you know, the autopsy and the photos of her feet, like, her feet are completely unmarked. They are clean. They are perfect. So it doesn't really add up, you know, that she would be walking around this cliffside campsite barefoot when her feet are, you know, unmarked. They're not injured. Like this is a very rugged terrain. So if you are walking on bare feet, you would be injured. And nothing suggests that whatsoever. Also, Wasaki and Officer Yarchuk conduct this experiment. So they both do it. They get a dummy, which is the same weight and length of Lauren, and they repeatedly drop it around the campsite to see if Lauren's body could have hit the water from falling. But in every instance, the dummy does not make contact with the water. So in other words, if she had fallen, she would have fallen down the cliff onto a ledge or something, but not fallen all the way to the water below. Also, Wasaki examines the currents that would have been in effect at the time of Lauren's death. So based on the currents, Wasaki is adamant that a body falling, so this private investigator is absolutely adamant that a body falling into the water at the campsite could not possibly have ended up where it did, that in actual fact it would, it would have ended up at the marina, which is a different location entirely. It's like the opposite direction. Another anomaly is the fact, and I think this is the big thing, like, especially when you hear festivals and young women, you know, dying at festivals, etc., in extremely suspicious circumstances. But another anomaly is the fact that a rape kit had not been used in Lauren's postmortem. So this is something that really bothers Lauren's mother, Sherry, especially now this is a really kind of, I mean, this gives you really disturbing insight into where this police officer's mind is at. But especially given the fact that the DCAB sheriff's explanation as to why a rape kit had not been used was that he said that Lauren had had a tampon in so that there was no possibility she could have been sexually assaulted. Oh, my God. I know, like, I know. I mean, there's no end to the ways that that ignorance and misogyny impact women's lives, even after they are dead. 
I mean, isn't it horrendous? Like, imagine, imagine just denying her that dignity that he says, oh, well, you know, she had a tampon in, so she couldn't have been sexually assaulted. I mean, it really is just so awful. What is the maths I mean, in his brain that he's family? put together? I mean, is he just saying it as a as a bullshit excuse or trying trying to clutch at straws? But what did he piece together that, that makes that the answer to that question? It's, I mean, How, it's... Why I would mean, that make any sense? It's so bizarre. I mean, it really, it's it it really tells you an awful lot about what you're dealing with here as well in terms of a police department, might I add, because this is yeah. the sheriff. So this is like the top guys. Like just so you know, that couldn't have happened, and here's why. So the private investigator Sheila Wasaki is obviously like, no, you can be sexually assaulted if you have a tampon in. Like, I mean, the fact that you even have to explain that in 2020 just tells you, well, this was 2015, but I mean, it just says so much about, as you say, you know, um, how women are treated even post-death. So uh, the sheriff explained And private investigators are amazing. Aren't they just amazing? I know oh, that like, every, we only experience like exciting ones like this that are like really good, whatever, or we see them on TV and all. But like, what it's an amazing funny, job to yeah. put out. It's funny you say that because even like I found her particularly impressive now, to be honest, in anything I read up on her and in the couple of YouTube videos I watched. And it's funny you say that because I was thinking the same. I was like, wow, like you can actually help a family so much. And like, what a gift to be able to piece it all together like this, even though in this instance, I feel there's a lot of glaring mistakes yeah. haven't been made but another i mean this is unbelievable as well but the, well i think it's unbelievable. so you're saying sure. that you think this sheila is actually a chanter that's what you're saying she's just i think she's an absolute spoofer <laughs> sheila the spoofer but another mad thing is the sheriff when asked about this triangular imprint which to be quite honest really does look like the top of a canoe so this former police officer who was working as a security guard he was thinking i think she was killed and she was thrown over the front of a canoe and that's what made the imprint. The sheriff was like, no, 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 the rescue boat, put her into the boat and um, that's actually what caused the imprint, even though she obviously would not have been thrown over the front of the boat. I mean, it. but look, that was his take on it and that's, you know, his stance when it comes to that. So one theory is that Lauren was trying to get away from someone and had fallen and hit her head, thus causing the blunt force trauma detailed by the autopsy report. The private investigator, Sheila Wasaki, also points out, now this is again something, you know, it's it's particularly horrific that, you know, she would have these kind of injuries. It doesn't point to a tragic accident, but she did have a broken nose and she also had bruising on her thigh, which again would cast doubt on the police's theory that this was an accident because it just would not point to a fall from a great height and drowning. So there was also hemorrhaging on her throat, which would suggest somebody applying pressure to her throat and again would be indicative of some kind of struggle. Mm. Sherry files, uh, Sherry being Lauren's mother. So she files uh, a couple of years later after 2015. So in 2017, Sherry files a wrongful death suit against Hannah, Chris and Aaron. But when questioned during the civil suit, all three plead the fifth on absolutely everything. So they do not answer one question. They plead the fifth on everything. So they get no information whatsoever from the civil suit, which is a big shame because, of course, that's so often why families file civil suits. It's trying to get somebody justice, try, try, you know, if, if a criminal case doesn't seem to be forthcoming, 
it's just to get some information so I can piece it together. But they just plead the fifth on everything. Since this case has hit the media, it has garnered huge public interest with a lot of people posting comments about the case on social media. Of these people who've been posting comments, a lot of them have been very derogatory about poor Lauren and her mother, Sherry. These comments were, wait first, traced to an IP address, which just so happens to be located on the street in South Florida, where Aaron and Hannah are currently residing together. Oh, my God. Isn't that gross? It's so sick. They, they, they mightn't be behind these comments, but it is a big coincidence. So it's that's where the IP I mean, address is located. Yes, based on the location of the IP address, I still find it shocking. I mean, just it's you have no words. Like you can't even rationally go there because it's just so insane. It is important to say as well that no criminal charges have ever been filed in this case and the judge in the civil suit actually dropped Hannah from the case entirely. Aaron and Chris are still in litigation with Lauren's family and deny any wrongdoing, insisting they had nothing at all to do with Lauren's death, which they still view as a tragic accident. And that is the story of the death of Lauren Aji. Oh my God, poor, poor Lauren and poor Sherry. Really awful. And I mean, hopefully, you know, Sherry um, seems to be a really tenacious woman and we just hope that she does have some form of justice. I mean, it is all, there's a lot of stuff still ongoing and, you know, people might come forward. Sometimes maybe, you know, people recall things that they maybe might have seen or heard and, you know, they're only putting it together way after the fact. But we do hope that she gets some form of closure and that she finds some justice. But poor Lauren, very sad story. And a lot of kind of disturbing elements to it as well, I think. You know, a lot of failures by a lot of people. Yeah, she was let down. Really was, like, yes. Yeah. So we, we can only hope that the family does get some justice there, but just very, very sad. Shane, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. I would like to say it's a pleasure. I enjoyed it, but also it's terrible. Oh, I mean, it it is, you know, it goes with saying it is terrible. Yeah, it's it's like a very sad story. But I, I really enjoyed having you on. You're just such a lovely person. I'm delighted for your social media success. If we're looking for you <laughs> on Instagram, of course, Shane Dan Byrne, am I right? Yeah, Shane Dan Byrne on Instagram and Twitter, yeah. And like you genuinely are, I think, one of the funniest, I was going to say new voices, but that's so patronizing when I haven't been at it that long myself. But you're one of my favorite people on the social media. So you need to follow Shane immediately, guys. Shane, thank you so much. Thank I'm you so much for having me. Thanks, Camille. And I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Shane. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.